From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So, coming off of spring break, didn't have a Friday show. Uh, so we're coming back to you on Tuesday, so we've got a lot to catch up on. But before we start that, what about catching up on your uh, spring break? How was, how was it? Man, it was good. Traveled to Louisiana, uh, obviously left on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, was able to beat the weather from here down there. But we got south of Jackson, and I think we were dodging tornadoes. I think we – yeah, I do know for a fact um, I saw some weather reports that there were some east of Brookhaven. We got down to 45 miles an hour on the interstate, just kind of creeping along, um, you know, looking for, for Dorothy and, and – Wizard of Oz type stuff, but uh, weather was pretty bad. So we were getting, we were about, a, we were about two miles from my hometown, and the power line was in in the road. So we had to, to turn around, start driving just east, and every time we start to get close to my hometown, road was closed. We had to keep going back and back and back. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we we worked from we worked about twenty miles east of my hometown. Finally, we were able to get home. But uh, I will say this, Derek, something we actually had to stop one time because we couldn't go anywhere, left or right. Both roads were closed or, or blocked off. And just some awesome people from Washington Parish, Louisiana, um, you know, volunteer firemen, um, people out clearing the roads. You saw some guys with tractors nearby just trying to get the roads cleared up. So, you know, Derek, that's the America uh, that we love that you and I talk about. That's the, those people jumping into action and just being good neighbors and citizens. I mean, sitting there in the pouring rain, uh, you know, dodging wind, all that kind of stuff, just to get a road cleared was. Uh, I was very proud to, to be from Washington Parish, Louisiana, uh, that particular day. Finally, got the road opened up, and and we made it home. That's good. So you did not see Helen Hunt trying to release the sensors into the into the tornado or anything like that. No, no, none, that. none of that. And then we went to the zoo. Uh, look, if you have ever have an opportunity to go to the Ottoman Zoo in New Orleans, uh, your kids would enjoy it. Uh, the trees are just something. I mean. Animals are one thing, but just the trees, you know, several of them just hundreds and hundreds of year old uh, Spanish moss, all this kind of stuff. Really pretty. Enjoyed that. But uh, that's what we usually do on our spring break is go down to Louisiana where I'm from and, and enjoy the time there. But uh, had a really, really nice time. Last year was when everything shut down. Right. So a lot of stuff changed. So just watched some March Madness and got to visit with my mom. And, and again, very proud to be from Washington Parish, Louisiana. That sounds like a good trip, and always get home to get home, especially now that COVID's passed and you know vaccinations have started. We start doing that. For me, uh, just had the soccer tournament. I actually started uh, high school soccer for North Point, and so it had the three days of that. And you know, the, last year it was the so we did the soccer tournament, and then we had one game after that, and that's when everything shut down. So uh, they do play again tonight. So assuming we can get through that game and play another game, we'll have made it further than we did last year. Absolutely. So just really excited to have soccer back, and uh, just having. Um, I mean, spring all around us. It's just an yeah. absolutely beautiful weekend. And, Matt, it was a great weekend to look for a house. That's exactly right, Derek. And if you're looking to buy or sell, please reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for well over a decade. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009. That's 25,000 closings on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. They've been voted DeSoto's best team multiple times. Right now, they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, that's a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. 
Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for your free, no-obligation market analysis. Under the Water Tower podcast recorded each and every week at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They've got thermometers, rubs, cutting boards, sauces, knives, cast iron, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Better yet, stop by today, just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here in Hernando. Thank you again to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group for being our presenting sponsor and How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, Derek, like you said, kind of coming back after taking the Friday show off. Glad to be back and, and back under the water tower to uh, visit and talk to you about local Hernando stuff, local DeSoto County news. We visited about the Hernando Alderman meeting, what was upcoming. Not a whole lot went on last Tuesday, but we weren't here to talk about it on Friday, so we're going to do that now. Uh, some basic things that kind of happened at the Hernando Alderman meeting last Tuesday. Catch us up to speed. Same song, second verse. Both of the subdivision uh, discussions were tabled again. Uh, both Madison Lakes and the Magnolia Commons subdivisions were tabled. The Magnolia Lakes one was requested by the their attorney. I think we mentioned it on last Tuesday's podcast. And all, the city attorney agreed because the water agreement, which is the main sticking point for the subdivision, uh, was not ready to be signed uh, or, or to discuss anyway. So that was pushed off uh, again to April 20th. Also, Magnolia Commons was just the, a request by the developer to table it to the 20th. So both of this pushes it past the election which I think helps out, you know, but the board and the mayor who, you know, a lot of them are running for position uh, and or there are people you know, seeking the position. So nothing, again, we don't expect anything to take place on the April 6th meeting. So both of these are pushed two meetings from now uh, to the April 20th meeting. So we'll see. Hopefully uh, we'll start having some discussion and or resolution for both of those projects. Uh, after that, the Waste Connections, a representative from the Waste Connections that uh, of course, does the trash pickup for the city of Hernando came and talked uh, about a change to the garbage collection routes. Um, there was basically he's at, looking to add maybe two trash pickups on Friday. Uh, this is the currently the Friday truck. I guess the Friday route takes 14 hours. This is really affecting their overtime, and it's also uh, basically against regulations. I think that some of y'all that drive. Right, yeah, DOT, because, you know, basically how, you know, when you drive trucks, you have to have a certain number of hours of rest, and I think, you know, once you get over 12 hours, you're starting to push at the issue, and so they kind of, you know, trying to quell something before it gets to be a real problem, and so they're looking to maybe split it up between two different routes, which means moving about a 1,000 residences to either either from Wednesday to Friday or vice versa. And so the Wednesday and the Friday collections will be the ones that are affected, but again, only 1,000 customers. They were kind of discussion. well, we want this to start April 1st, but then the aldermen were like, I don't know if that's enough time to get the change out to people. So what they kind of settled on was to start, start it on April the 12th. 
So they're going to send the the notices should be going out end of last week. So if it, if you are affected, you should be receiving something in the mail probably by now. Uh, this being Tuesday, hopefully you've already gotten something. If not, you should get it this week. And it will start uh, on April the 12th will be the first week that they start the new collection routes. And, and again, I think this is to help them uh, and to help, of course, the city to make sure that they can pick it up on time. I mean, I know a lot of times you know, maybe you may be sitting there, the trash is not picked up till after dark, and that's just unacceptable for, for both you know, the business itself uh, and for the individual. Um, th- there is something that we want to let y'all, uh, the listeners know. Waste Connection has an app that you can tell when your trash is to be picked up. And so they're going to add this link to the app on the city's website at some point uh, around or after April 12th, where you can go on there, find out, you know, find this app, have it downloaded on your phone, and be able to, you know, know when your trash is going to be picked up. So I thought it was a pretty cool thing for them yeah. to add. So, again, that was, uh, that was discussed and it was approved, so be looking for that in the mail. Uh, the only other thing, really, only other large thing uh, was we talked about the loan that was being taken out. And so the mayor kind of explained that $100,000 is going to go toward the cemetery to be able to move dirt to uh, repair some lots uh, or some plots and also to um, maybe get some future plots in shape. And then 94000 is going to the baseball fields uh, for the irrigation and the drainage work and the repairs to be made on those fields. Uh, the, the cemetery loan is a 10-year loan uh, at the $100,000. The parks will be a five-year loan at $94,000. Those will be put out to bid for the local banks. The mayor did mention, hey, look, you know, there is a possibility that the banks don't bid on this. And at that point, we would have to pull from contingency. But he did not think it was going to be an issue. He had talked to a couple bankers who said, yeah, we'll bid on this. So it looks like it's going to be, you know, uh, those loans put in place. Those were both approved. And then finally, just for a, a point of notice, that the uh, order extending the COVID relief pay for the city employees uh, was approved. So that pushes it from March 31st until May 31st. Anybody that happens to get COVID and or be affected by COVID for the city that has to go home will not have to come out of their sick pay uh, or their vacation. They can use the COVID relief and be paid. Yeah, that, that was pretty, um, you know, the mayor explained that pretty easily. Passed with no approval. Again, they just pushed out another 60 days. And they may just continue pushing out 60, 60 days every time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we work through the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. But, again, uh, one more thing, Derek, I thought was important or pretty neat, uh, just an FYI to our citizens. Each and every police officer will soon have a body camera That's here correct. in the city of Hernando, which I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, we've talked about it a couple different times. The, the police chief did such a good job when he was talking to different things of how to pay for a uh, position of about two and a half, three weeks ago uh, at the first meeting of, I believe, of March, where he was explaining that. But every police officer will have body cameras, and we have the, you know, really good software to back it up, the really good software to uh, to take care of that. So that's, that's an exciting thing. As citizens, uh, I think that we would all uh, want that, and, and that's a good thing for the city, all the police officers to have body cameras. Not every municipality has that. So good job uh, by the police chief and the city for, for getting that done. So not a whole lot going on in the uh, Hernando Alder meeting, roughly about a 31-minute meeting. Derek, I I think I saw nine views, so I think I, <laughs> we just tripled the number. Of right, views. we just we keep we keep joking around about our viewing party for the uh, autumn meeting. I think I saw nine views, so uh, you know other people are getting involved. I, I like to think the podcast has something to do with that. Let's turn our attention up north, South Haven autumn meeting. We joked around last Tuesday about not being able to find out or not being able to find the information online. There was a reason why. Tell us why. 
So they postponed the meeting last week, and you know they didn't really give a reason. It could have been spring break, could have been other things. But the meeting was was canceled last week, and a special meeting has been called for tonight. So they are having their second required meeting of the month. Uh, it will be tonight, and you know several things. Again, they, you know, we're gonna. I'm just gonna briefly mention it because it, you know we'll report on this on Friday since we we're, don't have it from last week. Uh, they're looking for a sanitation route change, so it looks like Waste Connections sure. is going to South Haven asking for the same thing. Uh, they're also asking, you know, going to discuss their COVID. 19 leave policy so it's you know very similar things it looks like all cities are trying to get this in before the march 31st deadline they've got a couple things there's some change orders for the fire station number five uh, a request to advertise a fire extension uh, for phase uh, phase three uh, and then you're also going to look at you know there is a planning agenda usually they they map it out but the agenda is a little longer this time for south haven and and so they didn't really go into a lot of details so there is a planning agenda wherever that is of course we'll cover it on friday and then finally of course we'll end with the mayor's report where he usually gives a good synopsis of what's gone on in this case over the last three weeks so uh anyway looking forward to that meeting tonight and uh, we'll report on that on friday so they responded pretty well to you from your uh all caps email saying where the <laughs> where the where the heck is your uh, information? She got back to you with all the I, stuff. I, so. you know, I, I did reach out to the city. I said, you know, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything, and kind of briefly told her what I was looking to get information out to a podcast, and she responded within an hour and said, no, that well, the meeting was canceled and it will be pushed to next week. And so I looked, um, I looked yesterday uh, Monday morning to pull it off to kind of go through it, and uh, it was there. So we're yeah. good to go. And we'll cover it on our Friday show. Gives us a little meat to cover on our Friday show uh, for sure. Uh, last thing we'll talk about South Haven related. Fairly simple. Derek, news at the Google right there. If you look just north of Tanger, you can see it from the interstate. Um, you can see the construction going on. Planning to open late summer. How many jobs did you tell me it was going to cover? 350 new jobs. 350 new jobs. So if you're looking to apply at Google, just Google that and see how to apply there exactly nice to do that but you know that's a big deal google i mean one of the largest companies in the world obviously setting up shops setting up something in south haven mississippi is a pretty neat deal right there in in, for you know for desoto county so that'll be opening late summer uh that's kind of coming together again you can see it right there on i-55 beautiful building and matt you know we take it for granted you know we just announced that it was 350 new jobs i mean we take that for granted you know because Luckily, DeSoto County, you know, we, we're getting jobs here. You know, it seems like once a month there's something coming in, whether it be a, a small gift shop or anything up to a Google or another warehouse, AWG coming to Hernando. And so, you know, we take that for granted. I mean, 350, you know, employee, new employees coming to any other town in Mississippi, I mean, that would make their decade. Absolutely. I mean, just tremendous. So, you know, let's, let's you know, we're very thankful for Google, but let's not take it for granted. Yeah. I mean, that is 350 jobs. It is a huge deal, and the fact that we're able to, and not not even as Google. I mean, landing Google, you know, they had any any site in the world they could choose from, and so landing it in South Haven is, is an astronomically you know great deal and great job by uh, Jim Flanagan, the Soto Economic Council, to the the governor, to MDA for getting it here. But at the same time, it didn't matter what the name on the outside said. 350 jobs for DeSoto County is just huge, sure. uh, especially uh, in Mississippi. So let's just, you know, let's not lose sight of that. Yeah, that's 350 jobs, 350 opportunities for someone to, uh, you know, take the next level in their career, uh, maybe get started in their career and, and, and raise a family on here in DeSoto County. I would venture to say that a majority of those jobs uh, will, will reside in DeSoto County, maybe even Hernando. So uh, congratulations there again for South Haven for, for you know, Google opening late summer. Derek, we move out a little bit larger. I'm going to give some state information. However, our first bit of state information has to do with Hernando right here under the water tower. MDOT is saying that the Mackinville exit right there on 69 and Mackinville will be completed by late spring. Any more info? 
No, that's it. Lake Spring, it's going to be right now they've got pretty much the um, sediment down. Uh, they got the rip right there. And so that exit will be ready late spring. So, you know, assuming that, you know, the first day of summer is June 20th, I would say probably around Memorial Day, maybe a little after uh, the it will be ready. Now, it'll only lead up to green tea. Of course, we still have to wait for the Mackinville Extended going around the school to be completed uh, by the city slash county slash MDOT joint venture they got going on uh, behind there. So to actually use the road to get to the exit, you know, it'll still be a little while longer. But the exit will be ready uh, as of late spring. You think about us talking about it. They waited 10 years to try to get this thing and trying to put it into motion, buying all the rights, getting all the approvals. And now, you know, it started a year and a half ago. And we're like, oh, I can't wait for this thing to open. And it's now. Yeah. I mean, you know, with the whole pandemic, you lose sight of how quickly, you know, it seemed like 2020 drug by. But when you look back and look and say, man, it's been a year and a half since that started. So it'll be ready this spring. Yeah. And, Derek, I don't listen to MDOT when it comes to roads opening and so forth. I pay attention to when the country guys just start taking the road, <laughs> the, the exit anyway. You know, when, when you look over there and there's a couple of F-150s that are already taking already, the exit. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what are they doing? You know, they just take the exit, and that's what happened on 69. Some people just oh, have been using 69. They used to get well for a good month before that thing Exactly. Opened. So that's when I start saying, hey, we're getting closer there when those guys are breaking the law and taking the Mackinville exit. Something else, a really, really big thing that happened in the state of Mississippi. Derek, your mom's a teacher. My mom's a teacher. So we pay attention to this closely. A lot of our listeners, good friends, uh, our teachers, they listen each and every week to our show. So I want to say congratulations, and uh, dinner is on them. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, maybe not quite dinner, but at least lunch. You know, we, we broke this down, I don't know, probably three or four episodes ago, probably two Wednesdays ago. We did a, uh, kind of broke this down, the House bill that was sent, and it was finally concurred upon by both houses. The Mississippi legislature has officially concurred the teacher pay raise for 2021. Pretty much passed, uh, as we discussed before, the bill appropriates $1,000 for teachers and $1,100 for assistant teachers uh, across the state, so uh, raises in, in that amount. The bill would be bring the base pay for teachers to the $37,000 right. number that we talked about, which is just shy of the southeastern average of 38420 and it will cost the state roughly $51 million more a year uh, in cost. But, again, well-deserved, probably should have been given out, you know, 10 years ago. But at any time, we can give our teachers more money, we can keep – the wonderful teachers that are graduating from our, our colleges uh, in the state. Uh, I think it's just a fantastic thing. So, you know, this would have passed last year. Unfortunately, the teachers did have to wait a year because of the coronavirus. You know, the state basically scrapped any new spending once they knew what was going to that was going to hit and everything was going to shut down. But, you know, it's here. And so congratulations to all the teachers out there. Well, I think right now, Derek, I mean, the biggest thing we, we watch all across the country where there's teachers that aren't going back to work. There's teachers that aren't inside the classrooms. And DeSoto County has been rocking and rolling. Uh, you know, since August 1, give or take, you know, shout out to Corey Osselton and the, and the people over at DCS for that, continue to work so hard. So congratulations to the teachers. Again, I, we wish it was $100,000, you know, but, uh, you know, $1,000 extra per year, uh, you know, doesn't hurt for anybody. So congratulations to you guys for that. Like you said, Derek, it's going to cost the state around $51 million, dropping the bucket to the $1.8 billion Coming to the state of Mississippi from the, um, well, is there a name for it or the thing that uh, Biden signed? American Rescue Plan. American Rescue Plan that was signed into law, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. $1.8 billion. Give us a little bit more info about that. This is something else that we broke down. We kind of took that $1.9 trillion and sure. in general talked about where the money was going. Well, $195 billion in federal funds was set uh, to go to the states. 
uh, to offset you know revenue losses. Well, of that, Mississippi is set to receive 1.8 billion. You know that's a a very generous. That's almost one third of our our state budget is six billion. Sure. So almost one third of, of the budget we're receiving in one fell swoop. So again, what does the state do with this money? Obviously, this is just found out about. It. It's only two weeks old. You know, in Mississippi, and we'll talk about this in a moment. Mississippi is doing very well through the pandemic. Yeah. And so it's kind of a or right, how do we spend this correctly? There are restraints on how the funds can be spent. And those will need to be explored. But policymakers, you know, they can take their time. They can look at their options. What's the best way to have these funds spent? I'm sure it'll be a lot for infrastructure, for, you know, maybe water systems. Sure. Uh, we saw what the problems that Jackson have had. Uh, maybe sewer, maybe uh, other type, maybe broadband. You know, we talked about that before. So a lot of things to improve the state. Again, that's a, a large chunk of money, and there will be a lot of options available. So, you know, the, I don't know when they'll take this up. I mean, we're getting toward the end of the session kind of a, a lot of money to throw at the the legislatures right here with literally you know they could really end march 31st it may carry on in april but they're they're toward the end of the session it's interesting to see what happens they may want to wait they may call a special session later on this year to, to figure out how to do with this money a lot of up in the air right now but again 1.8 billion dollars is a tremendous amount coming to the state of mississippi you know that that will easily offset the 51 million we just talked about not saying that that money could be used for teachers. Now, again, there will be caveats to how it could be spent. So I don't want to you know, say that it can be used for that. But, again, just a, a wealth of money coming in and uh, looking forward to seeing how Mississippi is going to spend it. So are you saying we shouldn't treat $1.8 billion like the grocery market game where you have to go through the <laughs> or the, or the old will of fortune when you used to pick the furniture right. or pick this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I would know. I would say I, you probably do not need to do that. $1.8 billion, and we we got to go home by Easter. So let's get this knocked out. I can only imagine what would have happened. But, hey, you know, it got passed. It is what it is. We can sit here and talk about that. That could probably be a whole other show. But $1.8 billion coming Mississippi's way. Let's hope the guys and girls down in the legislature take their time, spend it wisely, Look at the struggles the state has, you know, and, and do things that we would all agree with or our hope for sure, no doubt. But something we all can agree on is when unemployment is low in the state of Mississippi and unemployment has declined since the coronavirus last year to 6.4 percent. Catch us up on that. All right. So, yeah, that is according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. We are sitting now at 6.4 percent, uh, which uh, as of March 15th, and this is down for the pandemic peak, 15.7 uh, percent. And that is a 59% decrease since April 2020, down almost 60% since April of last year. So the high in Mississippi was 15.7. We're down to 6.4. Uh, again, the lowest Mississippi's ever been uh, is 4.7. So that was in December of 17. And, uh, and currently, the uh, overall unemployment rate nationally, as of the writing of this article that I pulled this information from, which again was March 15th, uh, is 6.2%. So again, we're just under the national average. You know, Mississippi has, con you know, I'm not saying they've done as well as could be expected sure. through all this. So congratulations to them. The state total state revenue collections for the month of February uh, up again that month, 18.24%. Every time that we've talked about this starting in November, I think we've reported every month when this was released, every month it's been above projections. So we continue to do that. The declining state unemployment rate combined with significant increases in the tax receipts that are substantially above the projections. So $500 million in February 2021. I mean, it just shows that our economy is is healthy. I mean, it's as healthy as can be. And uh, so we should be blessed with that. And, we, you know, we're still getting this money. 1.8 billion. So again, we just discussed that, you know. But Matt, it, it's uh, exciting times uh, in Mississippi to see how we go from here. But Derek, I thought the state of Mississippi and, and and living in the state of Mississippi, I thought that people should feel sorry for us, and we're just uh, an awful place down here. 
Well, unfortunately, a lot of times what we see on the national, we, we do get a lot of the bad news thrown our sure. way. And, man, I'm glad that you brought that up because to prove not only that you know we're dropping uh, 60% in our unemployment, but also new business applications for the state of Mississippi. Uh, we lead the nation, Matt, over the last year. From January 2020 to January 2021, uh, Mississippi had a 164% increase in new job applications with 6,000 in January 2021 alone. So Mississippi, con- businesses are continuing to look to move here. Just fantastic news. I am i have, don't know if I've ever heard of that many in, in my lifetime. Just yeah. getting excited. Of course, this is also from the U.S. Census Bureau, if anybody wants to look it up. Uh, following Mississippi, the state of Georgia at 126%, Louisiana at 112%, Alabama at 111 and then uh, Illinois at 110 to round out the top five. So if you hear Mississippi, Georgia, Louisiana, and Alabama, Matt, what region do you think leads the nation in new job growth? Uh, Southern. The southeastern region uh, has the highest growth rate for new business applications at 84%, with more than 220,000 new businesses application in the regions in January of this year, just in January. So again, just a fantastic news for Mississippi. I mean, Things are happening. I mean, I mean, we talk about Google here, but things around the state are absolutely happening. So could not be, you know, uh, coming out of this pandemic, there's a lot of bad things. And I don't want to downplay any uh, of the, the deaths or anything like that that's happened or any of the people losing their jobs. But, you know, coming out of this, Mississippi is in a, in a healthy position. And uh, with all this you know, good news for DeSoto County, rest of the state, I look forward to 2021 and beyond. Yeah, and, and look, Derek, if you're in Mississippi and you can hear our voice, the statistics show it. The state of Mississippi is on the rise. The state of Mississippi is going in a positive, correct direction. If you want a job, it seems to be out there. Uh, if you want to be a, a success in the state of Mississippi, uh, don't listen to the national media. You know, Hernando's a great place. Mississippi's a great place. We are definitely going in the right direction. Speaking of great places, Derek, DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, including implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. We've said it here multiple times. They are our dentists and they should be yours. Visit their office today to see the difference. Or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. You know, Derek, coming out of spring break, getting started, the beautiful weather outside, makes you start thinking about summer plans, start thinking about summer family vacations. If you're ready to make some memories of your own, please reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher 
at Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find Sue Ellen and Christopher on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram to start planning your summer memories. Well, Derek, each and every Tuesday, we turn our attention to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. DeSoto County Fact of the Week is provided to us each and every week by Rob Long over at the DeSoto County Museum. Again, DeSoto County Museum located right there past the railroad tracks in Hernando across from Area 51 Ice Cream and Blue Ribbon Cleaners. Rob Long and his staff do a great job. They're open 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. That's 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. They would love to welcome you, your family, your school group, anybody that might want to come in and learn more about DeSoto County, our wonderful county here that we live in, they can reach out to Rob at the DeSoto County Museum. Derek, our DeSoto County Fact of the Week this week is what? Matt, our Fact of the Week this week comes from the year 1948. In 1948, the United States Amateur Field Trials and the Memphis Amateur Field Trials were held in Hernando each year. Bird dog owners, trainers, and fanciers came from all over the nation to watch these championship dogs perform in the fields. Many of the farmers allowed the field trials to use their lands. A great spirit of cooperation existed within the entire community for the convenience and pleasures of those attending. Parties were held for the participants and many of the citizens of Hernando attended these functions. So Matt, you know, for, you know, 1948, so what is that, 70 years ago, people came out, uh, you know, would come from all over to, you know, watch the, the dogs you know, hunt, get the birds, uh, just a, a wonderful thing. So, you know, of course, it's turkey season right now. You don't need dogs for that, but just a, a wonderful time to come out and to uh, just, you know, the cooperation. And, and again, a lot of that what's missing in America today is cooperation. Really good to, to see that, you know, we could attract those large events you know, even 70 years ago. Oh, absolutely, Derek. And I have, a, I have a strange feeling the parties were a lot of fun back in 1948. They partied inside and they sent the dogs to the kid to the pen. <laughs> <laughs> the poor dogs didn't get to come and have, have, have the no, party. You know, party. You know, they got to, you know, Chew on the birds a little bit and then you know, I guess put them so. up. Yeah. So, Rob, thanks a lot for sending that DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Again, 1948, uh, amateur uh, dog trials right here at Hernando. Good friend of ours from Holly Springs. Uh, grew up, you know, with the dog trials and paying attention closely to that. So, shout out to him, of course. DeSoto County Museum right across the street from Area 51 Ice Cream and Blue Ribbon Cleaners right here in Hernando. Wonderful asset to our community. Open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Please stop in soon to visit with Rob and his staff and tour the DeSoto County Museum. Typically on our Friday show, we do DeSoto County shout-outs. This one is not necessarily a shout-out, but it is something that I wanted to continue to advertise. It just has such a good cause. I want to remind everybody about the raffle. There is a raffle going on in Hernando that benefits Deputy Eldridge. Amazing story. Injured in the line of duty in February. Again, we talked about it last week. Derek, he is now home. There is a raffle going on in multiple businesses, multiple parts uh, of Hernando where you can buy tickets. Simply going to read this information that was passed along to me. Thanks to the many small businesses in Hernando, we have collected over $2,000 worth of gifts and gift cards from restaurants, boutiques, car repair locations, and other small businesses. We are able to raffle off four separate baskets worth $500 each. Tickets are $20, and all proceeds will go to the Eldridge family. Tickets are available at the following places. Complete Home Center, Windy City Grill, Hernando Flower Shop, Benchmark Auto Body, Big Muddy Coffee, 
Blue Ribbon Cleaners, and Steak Escape. You can also purchase tickets through Venmo. Simply go to at Eldridge-Raffle, that's Eldridge-Raffle to purchase. They will text you a copy of your ticket. A drawing will be held March 31st. You certainly don't have to be present to win. And this benefits the Eldridge family, local Hernando resident, injured in the line of duty as an employee of the DeSoto County Sheriff's Department. Please consider purchasing a raffle ticket with what I just explained to you, the different businesses that are selling, four separate $500 worth of gift cards and different certificates inside of each of those uh, baskets. Please consider buying a raffle ticket today. Derek, speaking of something you don't have to take a chance on, since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website at greenkingspray.com. That's Green kingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Have you been waiting for the right time to attend? Don't miss the final open house opportunity to preview the point. North Point will be holding its final open house opportunity on Sunday, April 11th at 2 p.m. To register your attendance on April 11th, please call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5137. Again, 662-349-5137. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Don't delay. Register today. The number again is 662-349-5127. They can't wait to meet you and have you join their North Point family. Are you considering making a change in your lawn care this season? Please reach out to Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether that's winter cleanup, leaf removal, tree trimming, mulching, landscaping, you name it, Richard and his team can help you. Please give them a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or you can find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Well, Matt, it's time for the sports section of our show. And we mentioned last week that we'll be slowly getting into the softball and the baseball portions to cover for spring on the UTW podcast. But we're not quite there yet. We've reached out to the coaches, still waiting to get some information. Uh, haven't reached out to all the coaches yet, but waiting to get the information. Going to have updated uh, scores for the most recent games, along with updated records for each team, so then we can keep track of it going forward uh, and make sure that we get the information out to uh, all the listeners on to how each of these teams are faring as they start to enter district play here shortly. Uh, but before we do that, and, and today, so we won't have anything today on baseball or softball, but we do want to wrap up basketball. And in the last week, uh, since our last show, uh, the state of Mississippi has named its all-state basketball players uh, for the boys. And so on the boys' side, uh, we had three players from DeSoto County that were named. We had the second team, all-state. We had Caden Laws from Center Hill. On the third team, all-state, we had Kathleen Brooks from Lake Cormorant. 
And honorable mention for uh, DeSoto, in DeSoto County was Zandon Harrelson of Center Hill. So, again, congratulations, you three. You know, obviously, we mentioned your name several times. I will say more than several, many times throughout the season. Uh, you either leading the team uh, and or second on the team in points per score pretty much every game. So I want to give a, uh, another shout-out to these guys who are continuing, some of them continuing their uh, basketball careers, getting paid to play by scholarships in college. And uh, so just good luck to y'all. Congratulations again. Another honor that is well-deserved. And uh, just really enjoyed uh, talking about y'all throughout the season. Derek, I'm just going to have a little bit of an opinion here. To me, this is a prime example. Uh, these three gentlemen, certainly uh, very, you know, shout out to them for the teams that they were chosen for. But if Zandon Harrelson is an honorable mention basketball player. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to simply say one of the reasons we started this podcast is because we felt like the coverage out of Jackson uh, was laughable. Uh, we know how good a player he is. We know how good a player these other gentlemen are. That's a prime example. That's tough. I'd it love to. Tough. I'd love to see the all-state team, and I, I, I can almost guarantee it's going to be within a hundred-mile radius of the, of the city of Jackson. Well, there was a lot. There was I mean, exactly. obviously Ruffin was player of the year, right? Um, out Who's of phenomenal. Uh, yeah. He's phenomenal, yeah. and again, he beat out by Lake Cormorant. Yep. And so he was a great player, but you know, not <laughs> maybe 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 a pretty much single guy on a team. But, you know, I, but these players are great. Uh, we've got a lot of great players in DeSoto County, and they just don't get enough coverage. Sure. You know, now we, they do have some of the teams in the district. They do play Madison Central a lot, so they do play some Jackson schools. But, you know, I, I think that they really don't – you know, Jackson, you know, may not give us the, the coverage, and, and you're right. This is why we did it, and this is why we're going to start updating the softball and the baseball. I think that our baseball uh, and softball, both of those, you know, we are known statewide. I mean, yeah. D.C.'s won it several years. Lewisburg has a great team this year. Hernando, you know, they've got a, they've had a pretty good squad in some years. Uh, Olive Branch, you know, South Haven. So we've got some really good baseball and softball uh, up here, and, you know, we know how tough it is just to win the – the tournaments and baseball and softball in this area, but I mean all the sports. You know, we're going to be talking about already. There's a a very you know large D1 player that we have uh, for South Haven that you and I have talked privately about that we'll be announcing in, in August. Uh, that'll be playing. You know, he'll be getting some serious D1 uh, offers, and I'm sure there'll be several this year uh, on the football side. So again, we have a plethora of athletes who play in DeSoto County and that that play at the highest level. And so we want to do everything that we can, working with the SIs, working with the athletic directors, working with the coaches of the schools to get us the information that we need to do the best we can to get their names out there. Yeah, the baseball season and softball seasons can go pretty long. Uh, so we will definitely begin to start paying closer attention to that when district happens, starts working on some playoff seating, all that kind of stuff, because we could be here forever talking about baseball with the number of games those kids can play. The lady who works with me, her grandson plays for North Point, has five games this year, this week. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they play, yeah, and there's no way we can – I hope that everybody understands there's no right. way – if there is a, a outstanding game, it's more about just kind of updating records. Sure. And then once district starts, kind of laying, you know, laying the groundwork where each – in 6A, where they are in 5A, and, of course, where North Point is uh, in the TSSAA. Sure. So, again, going forward, uh, please look for that as we slowly get into that. Right, and the UTW podcast is not a sports show, but sports is a topic. Something else, Derek, we are not a political show, but politics is absolutely a topic. And we want to remind the UTW podcast listeners about our special episode coming out tomorrow. We have sat down with the Alderman at Large candidates, Mr. Jeff Hobbs and Mr. Doc Harris. We have interviewed both of those gentlemen, and we are excited to put that show out tomorrow. So please, everyone in the city of Fernando will be voting for this seat. Everyone in the city of Fernando will be voting for their own ward. They'll be voting for mayor, and they'll be voting for the Alderman at Large. This is a very important show, an opportunity for those gentlemen to sit down, 
Tell us a little bit more about the vision. Both of these gentlemen, Derek, are sitting aldermen. Uh, we'll explain that, or you can kind of figure that out a little bit more on the show tomorrow. But they are sitting aldermen, so we talk a little bit about their past and uh, their experience as an alderman, and we talk about their plans for the future as an alderman. So yeah. it's a very good show. Yeah, these, these questions are different. So if you've listened to the first five that we've had for the other wards, um, that you know those are basically the same questions. Uh, maybe we maybe would uh, follow up with a different question for each one, kind of how they answered. But the general questions themselves, and we're trying to keep this as fair as possible. So same for the uh, the gentleman tomorrow. We ask them the same set of questions, but they're different than the other five wards because this does affect us as a, a whole city. First of all, and then second of all, they are currently the first two that we've interviewed that were already aldermen, current aldermen. So, again, there, there's just different questions that kind of lend itself because of their position. So, again, Matt, I thought they were good interviews and can't wait to see uh, the reaction to them uh, when we post it tomorrow. Right. Just a reminder, we did sit down with Natalie Lynch. Natalie Lynch is a current alderman. We did sit down with her, but I, Derek, I think she would agree uh, her seat was barely warm uh, from an alderman standpoint. Well, yeah, and, and I'm, I do apologize to Natalie. This is more, you know, uh, Jeff's been in it 12 right. years, 12 Doc's years, been in yes. it four years. And so, uh, you know, they're – I guess I should say seasoned. Right. The first seasoned. time we've interviewed seasoned Alderman. That, that's probably a better way to say it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, look, that show comes out tomorrow. Please, please, please share it with all your friends, family, all that stuff. Share it with anybody that, you know, hasn't made their mind up maybe in the Alderman at Large race here in the city of Fernando. And then next week, we are efforting and working on that. Next week, uh, we plan to sit down with the candidates for mayor. We plan to sit down. That'll be our last show, our last quote-unquote special episode, political episode, getting us right into the April 6th election, Tuesday, April 6th elections. Very exciting time on the UTW podcast. Very exciting time in the city of Hernando. Looking forward to that. If you enjoy our special shows and our weekly Tuesday and Friday shows, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's Facebook, UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Most importantly, share it. Share it with friends and family. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Hernando Happenings. Anywhere you can think of to share our podcast, we certainly appreciate it as we continue to grow. If you're interested in advertising with us on the UTW Podcast, please email us under the water tower info at gmail.com that's under the water tower info at gmail.com we continue to grow our listeners continue to increase each and every week and if you'd like to be a part of that please consider emailing us exciting news have a new advertiser that will start with us on our april shows excited about that six months kind of a seasonal thing but we're very excited about them it's a very community-based advertiser that we're really looking forward to letting everybody hear yeah, looking forward to the listeners to hearing that. We start next Friday. It'll be yeah. the first uh, time that we read it. It'll be next Friday. So really looking forward to uh, advertising for that and getting that out there. Absolutely. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the Water Tower. <laughs>